Welcome to Psychedelicast. Hosted by Clinton Cayley, this show is an interview-based podcast focused on offering listeners in-depth information concerning plant medicines, entheogens, and all subjects tangential to psychedelia. Join us in prying open the third eye. Welcome to the eighth episode of Psychedelicast. Thank you so much for joining us. I, as always, am your host, Clinton Cayley. We're not going to offer you an interview today, guys. Today we're going to give you something a little bit different. We're going to do a reading of mine called Familial Ties. We've also got some pretty heavy psychedelic news to share with you guys today. A figurehead in the culture has gone to the other side. And we'd like to share with you a little bit about this person where you can find some of their research and work if you're unfamiliar with Baba Kalindi Ee, and also how you can help the family in their time of need. That's coming up shortly. We're also going to offer our review of the deeply twisted, darkly psychedelic uh, adaptation of the Howard Phillips Lovecraft, H.P. Lovecraft short story, The Color Out of Space. Uh, having just watched it myself and having really enjoyed it, a very trippy, albeit very spooky, creepy, great retelling of a Lovecraftian tale, in my opinion. We're going to review that for you here shortly. Um... And then we'll get into the episode. Thanks for joining us on Psychedelicast this evening, folks. Episode number eight. Welcome. Generally, this would be the part of the show where I tell you guys a little bit about my side project, my small business, CBD's Apothecary, where we curate and create our own line of branded CBD products, edibles, oils, um, pet products, as well as topicals and personal care supplements. But... Um, Given the turbulent times that we find ourselves in, the current state of the market and the economy, I am not pushing the side project as much right now. So we're taking a break from CBD's Apothecary for the moment. We're going to go back into that more than likely in the future with the renewed vigor. Um, But at this point, there are other things that I need to focus on. And CBD's Apothecary is a very, very... um, time-consuming project, although I do love it and I intend to go back. For right now, we're going to take a break. So, we're currently looking for sponsors. If you'd like to sponsor the show, go ahead and drop me a line at clintonkaylee at gmail.com. We'd love to have you as a sponsor on the show. Reach out to me about that. Thank you so much. Let's go ahead and review some psychedelia. So I recently watched and generally enjoyed the new uh, Color Out of Space adaptation. It's a 2009 American sci-fi cosmic horror film directed and co-written by Richard Stanley based on a story, The Color Out of Space by H.P. Lovecraft. Uh, The movie starred Nicolas Cage, Joely Richardson, Madeline Arthur, as well as a pretty sturdy uh, cameo or really a a uh, tertiary part uh, by Tommy Chong and it was a uh, you know he played kind of a uh, woodland hermit hippie who was tripping on various uh he was played he played himself basically living in the woods it was pretty a uh, pretty funny and cool role to see him in um this is Stanley's first feature film directed since his firing from the island of Dr. Moreau in 1996. According to Stanley, it is the first film in a trilogy of Lovecraft adaptations, which he hopes to follow up with an adaptation of the Dunwich Horror. This sounds really, really cool to me. Um, for those of you who may not know, Beyond Psychedelia, one of my other passions, nerddom, 
uh, passions in life is Lovecraftian horror science and science fiction. Uh, I'm a huge Lovecraft fan. Anyways, to summarize the film and not to give too much away before I kind of tell you about my take on it, after a meteorite lands in the front yard of their farm, Nathan Gardner and his family find themselves battling a mutant extraterrestrial organism as it infects their minds and bodies, transforming their quiet rural life into a technicolor nightmare. Um, so what did I enjoy about the film? I really enjoyed, um, let's see here, I really enjoyed the adaptation of the film into a retelling of the story and not an exact... Um, copy of the story so what i mean by that is that they brought the setting of the setting and the characters of the story into the into a modern world into a modern time and they kind of rearranged things in that way however they did stay very true to the key uh thematic and plot points the movie is heavily psychedelic and utilized that kind of strange uh undulating feel of the lovecraftian cosmic horror story it was very very gritty gory, uh, intense. This movie is not one for the faint of heart. My girlfriend actually couldn't finish it with me. It was, uh, it's an R-rated film, but it goes, you know, it goes pretty far in certain areas. So if you're not a fan of, uh, intense violence and or gore, perhaps steer clear of this one. Uh, if you, that doesn't bother you though, um, if you can handle that, I would highly recommend this movie. Um, I found it to be a fun and kind of, uh, almost a spiritual, um, sibling to Mandy, which was a really fun, psychedelic romp, also starring Nicolas Cage. However, in all honesty, I thought Nicolas Cage's performance in Mandy to be the superior of the two performances. The movie still stands on its own, on its own laurels. I still really enjoyed it. I think you will as well, particularly if you're into the psychedelic with a kind of darker Lovecraftian bent. If that sounds cool to you, uh, it's probably right up your alley. I'm going to give this one 8 out of 10 dried grams in silent darkness. And unfortunately, folks, we have a very somber psychedelic news segment for you today. Let's just go ahead and get into it. In psychedelic news today, guys, we bring you a somber story. Um, this one hits close to home, and uh, we've lost another great figurehead of the culture over the weekend, guys. Apparently, um, from what I've read, due to COVID-19 complications, Baba Kalindi Ayi has transitioned um, to the other side. And if you're unfamiliar with Kalindi Ayi or Kalindi Ayi, um, all you have to do is go take a look on YouTube um, or on his various social media pages and it will be very apparent to you by his talks and the breadth of his knowledge and the compassion in his voice and the amazing stories that he has to tell that um, this is a great loss for the psychedelic community. We here at Psychedelicast are deeply saddened by this. Um, our thoughts and prayers go out to Baba Kalindi's family. This is a great loss to the psychedelic community. Um, I want to let you guys know that on his fan page, I believe, it's probably also linked on his personal page and it's being shared in various other places on Facebook and on the internet. Facebook is where I came across it. Um, his There's a GoFundMe set up to help support the family in their time of need. 
they were asking for donations of up to $5,000. They've already met that goal on GoFundMe.com. However, uh, now is not the time for those of us that are able to help to not help. So if you're able to give, please go visit that GoFundMe campaign for Baba Kalindi EE's family in their time of need. And let's help those folks out. Um, now is the time for us to be there for each other. I encourage you to do that. If you are unfamiliar with Baba Kalindi, let me tell you a little bit about him, and then you can go on to do your own research. We'll probably do a more in-depth show covering his uh, life in the future, much as we did with Terrence McKenna. Um, once again, this comes as a shock to me. I've been watching Baba Kalindi for the last couple years on uh, the internet. I'm having hope that via this podcast, I may someday be able to meet him, and uh, it looks like at this point, the only way I'll be meeting Baba Kalindi is behind my eyelids, and I plan to do so. Um, I know that we will meet someday on some plane. Kalindi E.E. is the head instructor and technical advisor <clears throat> pardon me, of Tamarian Martial Art Institute. A world traveler and mycologist, Kalindi has presented on the subject of psilocybin as far north as Norway and as far south as Australia. His exploration and research talks about and centers on the high dose of psilocybin magic mushrooms. Gillandy shares information gleaned from many excursions into the hyperdimensional and interdimensional realms through his direct experience with dosages in the 20 through 30 dry grams <clears throat> range of mushroom ingestion. Gillandy brings decades worth of traveling and novel states of consciousness to share, coupled with the skills of master cultivator of exotic mushroom, lending a power and authenticity to his presentations. Gillandy remains a student, teacher, and advocate for the hallucinogenic experience. Baba Kalindi Ayi, you will be much missed, but we know that we will meet again. Thank you so much for your wisdom, teachings, and all that you brought to this culture. Please, us Psychedelicasters, consider it and find it in your heart to donate to that GoFundMe campaign to help out the family at this time of need. Thank you so much. Let's get into this reading. Thank you for your many teachings and wisdoms, Baba Kalindi Ayi. We will certainly and sorely miss you. Familial Ties I saw his dose of brew. It must have been three or four times larger than mine. I thought, either my dose is so small that nothing is going to happen to me, or his dose is so large that he is going to die tonight. Either way, he is going to meet God. I then proceeded to have the most cataclysmically intense and soul-altering experience of my life. In the depths of the medicine, he sat near me, and I could hear his breath work. He sounded like a dragon. Deep, lung-filling inhalations, long, sharp exhalations, alternating fast breaths, almost hyperventilating, and slow, perfectly controlled breathing patterns. These patterns of breathing morphed like the geometry and thought process swirling in my neon-lit mind. I knew he was working with the medicine and his breathing, neither he nor the compound in total orchestration, partially in control, partially being led by this magnificent other that was speaking to us both. I knew this because he told me, though we never spoke of it to each other. Our minds became interconnected quickly as the ceremony began. Maybe it was our shared love of the mystical experience. Maybe it was our closeness in age. 
but somehow a psychic connection was opened between us and we were communicating to each other on a plane I had thought impossible until this very moment. We were sharing visions, we were exchanging energies. The sound of his breathing and the audible aspects of his work signaled to me in the dark. In my mind I would shoulder some of his load as our connection thrummed. Our various modes of wordless communication made it clear he was considerably deeper than I was, but he was a warrior. He did not purge. He did not need my help. Maybe the assistance of the powerful shaman, but certainly not my meager attempts to uphold him. However, I came to realize that my attempt to ply him with strong energy was a work that I needed to do. To practice giving of myself to someone from the deepest part of my heart and soul. To give with no expectation of return on investment. What I thought was an aid to his work was a simultaneous lesson to me. We were working in unison, our minds partially melded together as we pushed forward into this massive unknown, the mammoth weight of the infinite pressing down and reaching into us both. On many levels, we are alone in this abyss, but somewhere we are together. In truth, somewhere we are one and the same. I crossed back into this plane well before he did, my legs wobbly, my vision still fractured as I made my way out of the Maloka into the crisp Peruvian night. My bladder ached. I had held my piss much longer than I wanted to, but walking hadn't been an option until moments ago. Behind me in the blackness, I could still hear his enormous breathing echoing into oblivion, powerful, focused. I ate soup and waited, my mind an erratic, galloping kaleidoscope of thought and emotion. None of it seemed possible, but there was no denying it. That had been spiritual warfare. That had been telepathic communication, deep healing for myself and others, prophetic visions of possible futures, and impossible windows into an ancient past. Exhausted as I was, I could not lie down until I saw my friend. I waited an hour, eyes wide, body buzzing as one of the most potent neurotransmitters on the planet faded out of my system. I waited most of another hour, outside, scribbling in huge arching letters feverishly expelling fragmented and chaotic thoughts, black ink wildly splattering white paper under a gorgeously pale moon. At length, he came around the corner and stepped onto the veranda, aided by Jimmy, the retreat facilitator. Our dinner plate eyes met, a wide grin spread across both of our faces. I stood and approached him. He let go of Jimmy, and we embraced one another. He was massive, strong of body and mind. Our hearts thumped in time, and the brisk night of the Andean mountains filled both of our lungs and emptied in a thin fog as we stood, man to man, battle-hardened both. Vulnerable, our minds and souls wrenched open and away from us by the events of the evening. He is my brother, the shaman, a surrogate father. Family, bonded via extreme experience, though I had only met both men earlier that same day. We did it, he said, squeezing me tightly. His large frame shivered against the chill, and I knew everything he meant, clearly. Well, I hope you guys enjoyed that kind of short, sweet segment that we have to offer you today. Um, Oddly enough, that piece is set to be published online at truehaven.com on... April the 13th, which is actually the same day that this episode is going to be aired. So if you'd like to go read a transcription of that and a little bit more detail on it, you can check that out at truehaven.com. That's T-R-U-H-A-V-N.com. Truehaven is an exploration of the science, nutrition, and medicinal benefits of plants and fungi. 
Their mission is to create an educational outlet for research and credible content to be shared about the science and benefits of plant and fungi. And they want to help shape the way that the public views the use of these plants and fungi as medicine. So, True Haven, True Haven is a collective of writers passionate about the future of medicine, of which myself will be joining the ranks, and I'm hoping to become a regular contributor to their author bank. Thank you so much, True Haven. Check that out at their website. Follow them on the social medias, T-R-U-H-A-V-N.com, True Haven. The previous segment that I just read to you was inspired by a portion of an ayahuasca ceremony that I underwent during October of 2019 when I traveled alone to the Andean Mountains of Peru. Uh, during the course of these travels, I encountered a series of profoundly moving spiritual and emotionally healing experiences. Um, I've spoke many times about various different aspects of this particular journey on this podcast. I go into detail about every one of my ayahuasca experiences up to this point on a couple of the raw cast recycles. Um, this entire trip for me was a very life-changing experience and a very touching experience and a very nostalgic experience for me at this point. I often find myself longing for the, the mountains of Peru and just the simpler way of life. And I was only there for about eight days. I'm considering and planning tentatively once this entire global issue clears up, hoping sooner than later that I can travel back to Peru with my significant other and just show her that beautiful, magical land that I found there. Um, to me, this story or this piece of my this retelling of a piece of my experience was a was a rekindling of the brotherly, fatherly, healthy, masculine um, connection that I had been missing due to myself and my father's relationship having fallen apart over the last couple years and having finally fallen completely apart and have all of our communication and tie has been severed for over a year at this point. Um, I would love nothing more than to reconcile that relationship and to have a normal relationship with my father. However, due to extenuating circumstances, that's almost impossible. My father is a very, very difficult man to work with. Um, but this experience was deeply significant to me as it symbolized a moment of authentic masculine connection between male siblings and a father. Uh, my own communication with my father, uh, as I previously, previously said, has been totally severed uh, earlier in the year, earlier in 2019. Uh, my relationship with my father was and remains non-existent. And this uh, was weighing heavily on me at the time of my journey to Peru, and it weighs heavily on me from time to time now. Um, it's just something that's always there. Like I, I wish that I could have a relationship with my father and it doesn't seem possible at this point, although I've tried. Uh, I feel during this experience or this portion of the experience that I was being shown that deep connections to other men are still accessible regardless of the wounds sustained in relation to my father. Sometimes this connection can even be found in a man who I had never met. Although the relationship and connection struck me more as brotherly, it also felt like a lesson in fatherhood, brotherhood, masculinity in general, and in love in general. It felt like a just a touching moment of connection with this person who I had just met. Um, well, to, 
two or three people that I had just met, but particularly my friend who was sitting next to me during the ayahuasca ceremony who was traveling very, very deeply, and then the shaman who was assisting me in my own travels. Um, I just felt this, what I can only explain to you now, and I'm sure that I've discussed this on previous episodes, as a psychic connection, a telepathic connection where we were sharing thoughts, ideas, motifs, nothing directly. Like I, I wasn't getting direct spoken language, but we were in what can only be described as some sort of a psychedelic telepathic connection. And I know that sounds very woo woo. I'm not a particularly woo woo person, but after this experience, there was just no denying that that had happened. And that was backed up by the young man who was sitting next to me after talking to him later in our sharing circle post ayahuasca ceremony. He was literally able to describe to me portions of visions that I was having myself and that I felt that I was sharing with him. He was able to describe those portions of the visions to me. Um, so I don't see how that could be anything else, some sort of a mass hallucination. But I mean, it seemed that we were connected in this in a way. Um, and with the shaman as well, I've definitely felt that same connection. And the next day, in the once again in the sharing circle, the shaman commented to me that he had felt a strong connection uh, between myself and himself and the rest of the ceremony in general. And I also felt that. So uh, this was a very... What's a good way to put this? Um, this was a very kind of pillar-shaking moment for me. Because although I was very curious open even into the spiritual aspect of this ayahuasca experience as I went into it. I was unaware that I was going to have an experience that was going to be so deeply, um, so deeply adjacent to the way I had been thinking for the last probably 10 years, you know, very agnostic, leaning towards almost an atheistic bent and so many things that were so deeply illogical but deeply soulful and spiritual happened to me during during this entire trip and these two ayahuasca drinkings that you know the foundations of what I believe to be my own personal beliefs were brought into question and shaken deeply and I'm very happy that that happened but it happened nonetheless um and these series of ayahuasca experiences for me were have been to this point without question the most intense experiences encounters of my life they were very very um deep deep emotional digs uh very deep psycho spiritual digs into myself and it wasn't they weren't easy to undergo and uh, there were parts of them that were the most immaculately unbelievably breathtakingly beautiful peaceful serene um just heavenly moments i've ever had but there were some moments of of just intensely almost hellish intensity not not fear but just the intensity of of the experience um but this was a portion that i felt very um, this was a very emotional portion of it, a very touching portion of it to feel this brotherly connection and this fatherly connection to these two men who I didn't know. Uh, it just meant a lot to me and it seemed like they were reciprocating and that they understood 
what I was getting at. And, you know, I never even really got that deep into this portion of it until weeks later. I never thought so deeply until until I started to write this and remember this portion of it. Um, and that was just the start of a great relationship. Myself and that young man are friends uh, on social media, and we remain in contact uh, every so often today. And perhaps I will sit with him again uh, in an ayahuasca ceremony in the future. That would be spectacular. Um, I'd love to run into him again as and sit with that wonderful shaman. That was just a very touching and beautiful moment for me in my life. And I'm glad that both of those men were there with me for that um, and that we were able to experience that together. Beautiful moment. Guys, that's all we have for you today. It's going to be a short episode. We're going to fall under a half hour. This will be the shortest one we've ever done. Some of our readings are going to be a bit longer. Sometimes I'll tie a couple of them together. Um, but we're going to leave you with this one tonight. And we send our love, thoughts, and prayers out to Baba Kalindi E's family. Please, please, please go over there and show some support for that GoFundMe campaign to help his family out. Um, as you are listening and enjoying the show, we hope that you're sharing it with your friends and family, sharing it with people that you know in the culture, sharing it on social media. You can follow us at Psychedelicast on Instagram and Facebook. Please do so. Please engage with us. We post pretty regularly there. Regularly there, We like to stay engaged and create cool content for you guys aside from just the podcast. Of course, the podcast being the main focus. Special announcement, I'm going to go ahead and tell you guys if you've made it this far through the episode, if you've listened to this much of my voice droning on, I appreciate it. Next week, Monday, next week, we are going to be offering you our interview with Mike J. Yes, that's correct. The Mike J. Mike J. is an author and cultural historian whose subjects include science, medicine, drugs, madness, literature, and radical politics. He is a Yale University Press author his latest book, which we discuss in some detail, is called Mescaline, A Global History of the First Psychedelic. I cannot believe that we have this uh, high caliber of a guest on the show so early. Mike was uh, kind enough to do an interview with us. It's fascinating. We hope that you'll join us next week. That's going to be 420 for all you stoners out there. Monday, April the 20th, Mike J is coming on Psychedelicast. We implore you to join us for that show. You're not going to want to miss it. It is amazing. It's an amazing interview. We talk uh, peyote. We talk San Pedro. We talk ethnobotany. We talk uh, anthropology. It, fa- fascinating show. Please join us on 420 for an interview with Mike J. And beyond that, guys, thank you so much for joining Psychedelicast and for sticking with us through this first non-interview episode. We hope that you enjoyed it, and we would like to say one final time, rest in power to our brother Kalindi E.E. Beyond that, guys, thank you once again for joining us in prying open the third eye. We love you. Be good.